Given the impacts of severe weather, inflation, and international unrest, feed costs are high and rising. Constance Coleman is with us. She's the president and CEO of the American Feed Industry Association. Is there end in sight to these high prices? Well, you know, as far as our manufacturers of feed, uh, livestock feed and pet food, wrestle with some of those factors you mentioned. We're dealing with inflation. We're dealing with short supply. We're dealing with uh, supply chain issues and challenges. You know, we're really, our, our folks are working very hard to continue to kind of keep those prices in, um, in line, as well as making sure that the quality of the product that we're delivering for the consumers for both livestock and pet food get that quality product that they need to have. Where is our feed coming from usually and maybe how has that changed with everything going on in the news right now? Well, you know, it's very interesting because while the Russia-Ukraine situation has created a global crisis on movement of feed products, the United States really doesn't get very many feed products from that part of the world. We do, of course, our producers get inputs uh, such as fertilizer, so the growers that from which we buy uh, feedstuffs uh, are certainly affected. Right now, we're not seeing uh, a supply hit from the Ukraine-Russia uh, incident tragic as it is, uh, but we are seeing challenges because of the supply chain disruptions that have been happening since the, before the onset of the pandemic, and certainly we are seeing challenges because of the trading relationships and the shutdown of China. So most of our feedstuffs, almost half of it, come from co-products. So almond hulls, wheat mids, uh, distillers dried grains, those kind of products make up almost half of feed ingredients. But those essential vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, 70% come from China. So when we talk about these supply chain issues and being able to get product into the United States, that's having a big impact on our members. You know, you also mentioned quality of feed, Constance. How does supply chain issues, severe weather, is that impacting the quality of our feed? How are you keeping good quality of feed? Fortunately, we have not seen a huge impact on the quality. And so that is something that we're paying close attention to and making sure that we're continuing to get that good quality feedstuffs to be able to deliver to the customer. But we are, um, again, of course, keeping a, a vigilant eye on that and trying to make sure that we are doing some advanced purchasing, some storing. We've had a lot of our members um, buy ahead on some of those essential ingredients to make sure that they arrive in time, that we can deliver that full nutritional uh, palate to the final uh, feed consumer. What I haven't asked you yet, the impact that African swine fever and the avian influenza have on the feed industry. Give us an idea of what you're watching. So on African swine fever, the ironic thing is, is that we were paying a lot of attention to biosecurity before the pandemic. COVID actually taught our folks even more about how do you maintain biosecurity in your facilities. And so there have been additional procedures put in place because of a human virus. But as we look at the having ASF threaten us at our shores, they are, we are doubling down on making sure that our members have good access to new data, new information 
information on biosecurity, and we're seeing really good plans put in place. We're also seeing we're also doing a lot of research. Uh, we're working with K State as an example on how do you de- decontaminate a feed mill if African swine fever were to get into that mill. And then we're also talking quite a bit with stakeholders and partners within the supply chain, as well as the U.S. government, particularly FDA, to make sure that they're poised and ready to approve any product that could help control African swine fever. You know, one of our big concerns is we do not believe the feed industry will be the mechanism by which ASF comes into the country, but it very well could be the way it spreads. So we're really looking at that containment and prevention of spread should it come into the United States. Is bird flu a part of that discussion, or is that not as big of an issue? No, bird flu is part of that discussion. Of course, it's not the first time we've dealt with the bird flu, the high path avian influenza here in the United States. So it is something that we've wrestled with before. Right now, our members are not seeing the impact, but you add another season to this, and if we continue to have to see farms depopulated, uh, that could, could, could have an impact in the future. Can you give us an example of biosecurity measures that feed mills, other feed places have to take? Yeah, absolutely. So the most simple one, and I think it's the one that people may not have thought about, is that when a truck goes from a feed mill to a farm and delivers that feed, um, that virus may be picked up on the truck tires, on the undercarriage of that truck, or on the shoes of the driver. So when they go back uh, and they deliver that next load to the next farmer, that's how you can see spread might occur. So there's been a lot of systems put in place to spray the under carriage, not have the driver get out of that truck and potentially have it on his or her boots um, walking around. That's just one simple. Uh, There's also more elaborate mechanisms, showering in, showering out, um, making sure that there's not uh, multiple trips to multiple facilities um, without some sort of, of decontamination. Well, thanks for offering that up. I also want to talk about if or when African swine fever gets to the U.S., will other countries not want to accept feed? Well, and that's a really good point. And so one of our concerns is making sure that there is some sort of regionalization approach so that we don't cut off all kinds of pork exports uh, from the entire uh, country if it's in just one part of the United States. The second thing that we're looking at doing is that, you know, porcine products within a feed or within a pet food um, is also something we're paying close attention to. But the really strange thing is right now, APHIS, USDA APHIS, Animal Plant Health Inspection Service, has a certificate that accompanies every load of feed uh, ingredient that goes out of this country. It's called a 16-4 certificate. And it declares that we are free of African swine fever, even if there's no porcine ingredient. That's on every product that goes out. We're working with APHIS to try to remove that and have it only on those products that it's related to rather than every single feed ingredient that's exported. And what's the reason for that? Well, the reason for that is if we get an African swine fever outbreak and we're shipping a, a, a shipment of feed ingredient that doesn't have any pork in it at all, it would still not be allowed to be exported out of the country because it says we're free of African swine fever even though it's not relatable to that product, it still has that certificate and that certificate would then be false. 
So that's why we're trying to get APHIS to say, you know what, if there's no pork in it, why do we have to say it's free of African swine fever? So obviously regulation does play a role in navigating biosecurity and quality of feed. The pro is safety, but what about the cons? Well, I think um, the the cons um, would certainly not be related to that certificate. There's really no downside uh, to modifying that certificate. But the one, one thing that we're really concerned about is formaldehyde uh, is under three different reviews at EPA right now. Formaldehyde may be the only way to control African swine fever in feed. So right now we're saying, wait a minute, EPA, don't throw away it's the, one of the only tools that may be possible in our current fight against African swine fever. Why is it under review? It's a periodic review. All in all substances and pesticides, all those, they all go through a periodic review at EPA. And formaldehyde just happens to be up in three different contexts at EPA. Constance, anything else I'm not asking you about feed that you think I should be asking? Well, I think the one thing uh, that I would really highlight is that the feed industry is incredibly innovative. We have new, exciting products coming out every every day. And our biggest challenge right now is being able to get those through the approval process at FDA. Um, we have solutions for animal welfare, uh, animal health, food safety, and the environment. We have products that may reduce methane emission coming from a ruminant animal, but we we can't get them approved through FDA right now because of a, uh, an antiquated regulatory system. So we are looking to have that modernized so that we can truly be a provider of some of the solutions to some of our biggest challenges. Constance Coleman along with us, President and CEO of the American Feed Industry Association, offering what's on their agenda and their members' agenda as they provide you with the quality feed you need to run your farm. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.